0: Hello and welcome to episode 250 of the Thriving as a Physician podcast, How to Lose Weight and Love Your Life. I'm your host, Siobhan Keith. Thank you so much for joining me. So I'm recording this episode on a holiday Monday night at 8 p.m., needing to get it recorded so I can get this off to the editors. And tomorrow's my birthday and partly why I'm recording it tonight on an evening where i honestly prefer not to be doing work is so that I can have a little bit more time off tomorrow when I'm finished in the office for my birthday and just have some time to relax. But every year for around my birthday, I do some reflection on what's been working, what do I want to focus on in the coming year, what do I want to create. It's kind of like I do a similar activity in New Year's and I use my birthday, which is in August, so kind of Somewhat midline, middle of the year, just to take another opportunity to review it and think about how things are going. And so I thought that I would share with you what my reflections are on this year. And partly because I think it'll help you get to know me better and also give you an inside view on like doing this work long term, right? Like when you're working on your weight, it's not a one and done. And as much as we can let go of that, of that idea of that we fix our weight and we never have to look back at it, I think we're better off. And instead, if we can focus on, okay, how do we manage it and learn about it, understand ourselves better and do it in ways that really work for us in our lives, that take into account all of the extra stressors that we deal with as physicians, all the other things that we're trying to do. That's how you make long-term weight management successful is really figuring out how to fit it into your life. And that's why I thought I would share this with you because it's probably, I guess, been about six years since I lost the majority of my weight. But it is something I have to stay on top of. I have to still be aware of. It is very easy for my body to regain weight. It is also really easy for my brain to want to go back to really depending on food to try to feel better. All of those tendencies and habits are still there. The work and the skill is really just in learning how to manage them. The more you work on it, the more things life throws at you that gives you more opportunities to learn how to manage it. It's never about perfection. It's never about figuring out how to do it right so you don't have to look at it anymore. It's about figuring out how to do it and manage it in ways where it fits into your life so you can keep your eye on it long term without always feeling that you're putting a ton of effort in. And that's the difference, right? Like when we are in this hurry to lose weight, I got to hurry up and get the weight off really quick. That's based on diet mentality with the idea that there's a finish line and then you don't have to think about it anymore. So it feels okay to put this pressure on you and just try to really put extra work in and try and get it done so you don't have to think about it anymore. But that's the problem is if there is no point. If you have a body that holds weight, if you have a brain that likes food and likes to turn to food for comfort, there isn't a point where you don't have to think about it anymore. You will have to continue to think about it, but you can look at it with ways Of approaching it, feel better, that are more positive for your days, that help out the rest of your day, and that really feel good and don't feel like extra work. That's what I want to share about today, about how I do this in my own life. So if we look back last year, this time, it was quite a different year. It was the first summer, last summer was the first summer I took four weeks off in the summer. I had two two two-week chunks. I'd never, since being part of a practice, had never had more than two weeks off in the summer. And that was a very intentional thing that I had planned the fall of the previous year after having a summer that just felt like I didn't actually get my summer. So easy when you get a couple weeks off, but then the weeks that you're on, you're super busy. And so the fall of 2021, I said to my practice partners, we need to figure out how we're going to handle summer differently next year so that we can actually take time off because I want to be off in the summer. If you've been listening to this for any length of time, you know, I love being at the lake. I love having time to sit on the dock. We were just there this weekend for three nights and it was like just so nice. It really is my happy place. I love having time to be out on the trails, either mountain biking or trail running and if I'm constantly working, it's really easy to feel like the nice days of the summer pass me by and then I'm back into snow and winter. So last summer, it was the first year I'd taken four weeks off and it was lovely. <laughs> it was really, really great. Over this year, there's been unanticipated changes in my life. So last year, I was coming up to a year of not doing an obstetrics call anymore. And I was actually really liking it. It was really lovely to to bed, know that I got to stay in bed, not go to bed thinking, oh well, you know what tomorrow going to be like if I don't sleep tonight, and what are the chances of me getting called, and am I going to have to get up in the middle of the night? All those thoughts that you think about when you're on call. So it's really great, <laughs> things are going well. And then in this past year, things changed in my office, and I've ended up have to, working more and choosing to go back to obstetrics call. And this isn't about it, this being a um, pity party for myself about how hard done I I am. But just reflecting back, these were changes that a year ago on my birthday, I had no idea were coming. My expectations of what the year was going to look like turned out to be quite different from how it actually was. And so this year has really been a year of having a lot more medicine work to do, juggling demands of call that I thought I had put behind me. And it's tested me in those ways. There's been challenges associated with that. And I've had to do like some work and some meaning work around myself and how I'm taking care of myself. Some of my old habits of wanting to just kind of toss my self-care out the window in order to work harder and to just put my head down and try and get through the work really have come back with the vengeance this year and I've had to try and catch them and shift them and then they come back again, and I catch them and shift them again. So there's been a lot of challenges I couldn't have foreseen for this year. And that's okay. You know, they're not bad challenges. It's just, it's life, right? You never quite know what it's going to look like. So when I thought back, what are the things that I've kind of been working on this year that have been helpful and that I want to do more of? Number one is I've been working in my own brain of getting less weight focused. It's really easy, especially when I do so much work in the weight arena in my obesity medicine program, talking about weight and eating. And then with this podcast, with the coaching program that I offer, Thrive Academy for Physicians and like social media and all that sort of stuff. It's somewhat vulnerable to do this work. Not somewhat. It's quite vulnerable to do this work when you are somebody who has a body that holds weight easily or and has a brain that likes to turn to food when you get stressed out. And honestly, starting to do this work, this coaching work, and having this podcast was some of the biggest challenges of managing my own weight. I felt like I had it, you know, really under control. And then some of the stresses of just, being out and talking about this and being vulnerable about something that I really kept hidden I did not talk about my weight or eating before I started this podcast the idea of talking openly about it and admitting my my vulnerabilities and the places where I'd failed and some of the true challenges I had never talked to anybody about them before I started this podcast it was not something I talked to even really my husband about and I didn't talk to friends about the realities of my eating. I kept it hidden. So being open about my eating and weight struggles has been one of the bigger challenges I've faced with my own eating and weight. It feels uncomfortable to be vulnerable. And it's, it's been easy for my brain to get a little bit judgmental of myself again, a little bit overly weight focused like worried about if the scale does go up or if I do gain weight, what does that mean? Being that I'm teaching people how to manage their eating and their weight. There's all these different pieces to it. So over this past year, I've really worked on becoming a little less attached to measuring myself on the scale and worrying about that. I've tried to work on separating myself as the individual from whatever my weight might do. And worked on the the body image pieces of that and the self-talk pieces of that. And overall, I think that's going well. I think it gives, it's the next level of the work that I've been doing all this time in my own life to just give me that next level, like, quietness in my mind, where I'm not always thinking about it and talking to myself about it. Which, like, it's easier said than done, like I said, just because... Talking about weight and eating is a big piece of my work. And so it's very easy to get overly focused on my own eating and weight when I'm talking about it with everybody else. I've been really trying to bring it in and approach it in the way that I teach the physicians in my program. And I teach the patients in my obesity medicine program of really working on compassion and thinking about the underlying reasons why I want to be eating healthy that are more than just what the scale says. And that's been feeling good. And I want to keep focusing on that, keep focusing on making changes or working on consistency with my eating and my exercise, not about weight, but about just because it's what helps me feel my best and live my best days and just changing the conversation in my own head. Number two, I've been working on slowing down and I'm laughing because like I said, this is a holiday Monday at 8pm and here I am working and recording podcasts because I feel like I'm behind and essentially the week hasn't started already. My brain is so good at overworking, like many physicians. So if you're listening to this, there's chances you also have a brain that's really good at overworking. And what's happened, and it's so interesting to see this, like when I look over the span of my adulthood to see this happen, is overworking is more comfortable to me than not doing anything. And it's so interesting because when I was a young adult, it was the opposite. I had friends who I thought overworked. I'm like, can't you just relax? And now sometimes in some days, relaxing is hard. (laughs) and Just sitting down and being in the moment and not doing anything of quote unquote value is hard. And so that's something I've been working over this year, especially with having more demands on my time from medicine and doing more things like the call. There's that tendency and there definitely has been that tendency this year of leaning in and just like, okay, let's just let this overworking piece of me drive the bus. But I've been working on recognizing it and actively trying to practice the leaning back and the relaxing and on the some days where I'm tired, but my brain's like, oh, we got to do this, got to do this, making the choice to have an app instead and trusting that that's the right choice or making the choice to not do the work and to go outside and go for a run or something that's going to feel nice and trusting that that's the right path, trusting that the work still gets done is really important but recognizing that if we're not practicing that skill of leaning back and relaxing, we lose it. It's something I've seen over my life is there's times I'm actually pretty good at it and I've worked on it and I can relax and take things easy. And then there's times where I lose it. And over the course of this year, there's definitely been multiple times where I've lost that ability to relax. And my brain has just gotten into that, like gotta work, gotta work, gotta work, gotta work more to do, got to get that done, can't stop type thinking. And it feels uncomfortable. And it led to burnout. If you've been listening to the podcast, you've heard me talk about it. But this spring, I had a bit of burnout where it just combination of everything came together to hit a patch where I just was burnt out and had to really pull back. And the interesting thing this time around is I pulled back, started to recover, had like you know one or two weeks where I'm like, "Okay, I'm feeling fairly good again, and then went right back into the overwork and had all the symptoms of the burnout show up again the following week, and that was just a really good lesson of it doesn't doesn't go away right when you start to feel better it's what we want, right It'd be so nice when you're dealing with burnout and stuff to be like, Okay, I'm feeling better, so now it's all done, and it's gone, and it's in the rearview mirror, which is essentially what i did but it's not that emotional toll the brain impacts all of that stuff is still there and you can re-injure yourself I don't know the right terms for this reactivate it really easily so that was a big learning thing for me of like Ooh, okay like that piece that just wants to work harder and Likes it in some way. Like there's that piece of my brain that just likes the feeling like I'm being productive. I'm getting stuff done, likes to feel busy. It can be so dominant. It can take over without me even noticing it sometimes. And so that's been the skill I've been working on is that actively practicing the skill of relaxing, actively trying to rein in that piece of my brain sometimes to create that balance. Because if it takes over, then yes, work gets done. But Siobhan, the individual, kind of disappears. You know, the things that make me, me don't happen when that piece of my brain is the one that's driving the bus. There's space for the things that make me, me when I can relax and pull away and stop being so focused on just getting stuff done. And so think through with that. You know, is that something that shows up for you? Is this a worthwhile skill that you could work on of... Can I practice just relaxing? Can I practice letting it be okay to not be actively doing stuff? And I wanna make a quick little note about this when it comes to eating, because sometimes the discomfort of not doing something can actually drive eating. Like if you're in this pattern that I've been describing and then you're like, oh great, finally I'm on vacation. I don't have to do anything. And the idea sounds good, but it can feel uncomfortable. Because we lose that ability to relax. And when it feels uncomfortable, that can then drive eating. So, if you're somebody where you go on vacation or on the weekends, you're like, oh, finally I can relax. And all that st- quote unquote stress eating I've been doing should just settle down. And yet you find there's more of it. That's probably something that's going on is the practicing the skill of relaxing when you haven't been using it very often feels uncomfortable. It takes practice. You have to give yourself a bit of compassion and grace while you're learning the skill or relearning the skill. The third thing I've been working on is just like grace with my imperfections, trying to let it be okay. And this is hard for us, right? (laughs) To admit that we're not perfect, but trying to let it be okay that I'm not and I can't be everything to everybody and recognizing that I have to choose the boundaries that feel the best for me and respect them, but that in the process of doing that, I can't do everything perfectly and that's okay. And honestly, as your coach, I think it's a lot more valuable for you, for me to show up and discuss my imperfections rather than you listen and think that I am perfect and then judge yourself for not being perfect. We are all imperfect beings. We always will be imperfect beings. The idea of doing any of this work on your mindset, working on your eating, working on your weight is never to be perfect. And that's a really important thing is to let it that go. Anytime we're holding ourselves to these standards of perfection, it makes your days harder. It makes your emotional experience worse because you can never be perfect. And yet somewhere along the line, we got sold the bill of goods that perfection is where we want to aim to. And it becomes quite overwhelming because then you're trying to be the best doctor you can be. You're trying to get the best amount of exercise and be really good with your exercise regime. You're trying to eat clean and healthy at all times. You're trying to be the best parent who never gets irritable and always has time to do a really enlightening activities with their children. You know, there's so many different elements that when we're holding the standard of perfection to ourselves, it's exhausting. (laughs) And you have to wonder who's it for? Like this whole, I need to be perfect in all these realms, for who? Who does it benefit? Because it doesn't benefit us. So this past year, I've been working on this a bit, is recognizing, and I think it kind of helped having more work, enter my life again, is I realized, okay, I'm not going to be able to do every single thing perfectly. So how do I get the important things done in a way that'll work without overwhelming myself, without burning myself out? This was a conversation I had with my coach. Now, of course I did end up burning myself out, but I made decisions trying to not have that happen. And Burnout's a sneaky, sneaky little thing. You can, you know, be building and you can be like thinking, ah, you know what, I'm doing okay. Yeah, I'm handling this okay. And then all of a sudden this, you cross the line and you're like, I am not handling this okay anymore. it can be sneaky. But really working on embracing your imperfections, deciding that it's okay. You don't have to wait for anybody else to tell you it's okay to be imperfect because of course it's okay. We are all imperfect. And noticing where you're holding yourself to these really high ideals that are making your days harder. And if we loop this back into eating and weight, when we hold ourselves to these really high ideals, often it can be a trigger for eating because if you go through your day feeling like you're not measuring up, that you're not matching the ideals you have for yourself, that can be a big trigger to eat, where you're just like, well, I just want to feel better. I just don't care. It's been a hard day it makes your day harder and doesn't necessarily produce more. So the thing I've been playing with is can I kind of embrace the imperfections? Can I look for places where I can still create the same kind of amount of output, but not, not by doing it at the expense of myself? Can I do it with more ease? Which is something I talk about a lot around eating and we work on inside Thrive Academy is can we You know, make decisions that make the food choices have more ease around them. doesn't always mean they're easy, but can we create more ease, that experience of ease? Okay, so those are the things that I've been working on. They're big themes. I'm going to keep working on them. And then there's a few places where it's kind of my needs improvement list. The things where when I look back at this year, I'm like, all right, well, that didn't quite go how I thought it would. So number one is self-care, you know, with all this, the extra work, the getting into burnout, that piece of my brain that just likes to like head down and go, it chucks my self-care out the window at the smallest reason. It is so easy for that part of my brain to be like, oh, well, we don't need to do that. We don't need, there's not time to get up and, you know, do a morning routine. You should get up and do notes instead. And it sounds so reasonable. And honestly, this is one of the still the biggest things I'm learning is how do I catch that piece of my brain when it wants to check my self-care out the window. So this past year has not been a particularly great year for self-care, especially like journaling, sitting down and doing things like meditating, that kind of quieter type activity. I've still been reasonably good with physical activity. That's fairly easy for me to do. But the the more reflective stuff, it's really easy and has been really easy for my brain to just check it out the window. So it's an area that I need to work on because my days are better, my I feel less stressed, I have more energy, my eating is better when I'm doing that type of activity. Even if it's just a tiny little bit of journaling in the morning, just to set my intention for the day, just kind of like, okay, this is what my day is going to look like. How do I want to think about it? What do I want to focus on? That is really powerful and has the ability to really change my experience in the day so that's the thing I want to start adding back in and as I'm saying this I'm like I should do that tomorrow morning because it is going to be a busy morning in the office I'm the only physician there tomorrow and I don't want to spend my entire afternoon in the office to try and finish stuff up I want to just kind of stay focused and get it done so I can go home and do something fun for my birthday number two, working on valuing doing nothing. So it ties into that, what I was talking about, about the leaning back and relaxing, but it is still hard for me to value the doing nothing. And I find I still have this balance where I'll take a break. Like this weekend, we were out at the lake for three nights. I did do a little bit of work when I was out there, but minimized it. But then I almost have a feeling like, okay, now I'm behind and I have to get this other stuff caught up. And so this is a piece that I'm still working through and figuring out. And I think it it's probably going to be one of those ongoing working through and figuring out pieces of how can I have those times where I truly don't do anything, but then also not feel behind when I come back. And some of that will have to do with how I'm thinking about it and how, what standards I'm setting for myself, what timelines I'm setting for myself. I'm like notorious at setting short timelines. I'm like, oh yeah, I can get that done. And I'll just, it needs to be done pretty quick. And I'll set a short timeline. That's something I've worked on this year is like, okay, Siobhan, does it actually have to be that timeline? Could we move it out? (laughs) Like it's, your timelines are arbitrary and mine always fall on the short side. They're always a little overly ambitious, but working on trying to value that time without feeling guilty afterwards even if it's just to lay on the couch and stare at the ceiling and do absolutely nothing to see the value in that. That's something I need to work on again. And it ties into what we we're talking about in the first part. And then the third thing I want to work on focusing is activities that are really fun for me that are about me as an individual that I do just for me, not because they benefit somebody else. So for me, that would be things like my art and working on doing that more consistently. And then I'm thinking about joining a hip hop class in the fall just as something it's totally separate from any of my work. It's like a life goal to be able to do good hip hop dancing and it just has the potential to be fun because that's one thing that I felt I missed out on this year is I just felt like there wasn't a lot of fun happening and it got to the point where it was even hard to think of what would be fun. So those are the things I'm thinking about What I encourage you to do from this podcast episode is really take a moment to reflect for yourself. These themes that I've talked about are really common themes for physicians. I talk about them all the time with the physicians inside Thrive Academy. And so really take a moment and be like, yeah, where am I measuring up in those areas? Are there other areas where I would want to focus or work? How can I prioritize these areas? That's the tough piece, right? Especially in with our minds that are overachievers it's really easy to prioritize work over this stuff and yet when we look at it's our one life to live how do I want to live it what do I want to feel at the end of my days what do I want to feel at the end of my weeks prioritizing this stuff and recognizing the importance of really watching and managing your brain in ways that makes it work for you so that you still see the patients get the work done but you also enjoy yourself you get time to appreciate your one life really thinking through how can I prioritize that anyways I hope that this has been helpful for you send me an email and let me know what your thoughts are info at weight solutions for physicians.ca and if you are interested in getting more help with all this. If what I've talked about kind of rang a bell and you can see the connections, everything I've been talking about to your eating and your weight struggles, then Thrive Academy for Physicians is for you. It's a six-month coaching program designed to help you thrive in your weight loss, which means not just hanging on with willpower, restricting and having deprivation, but figuring out how can you make weight management work in your day-to-day life so it actually makes your days better. And at the same time, We really focus on thriving in your life, really trying to prioritize your needs and making sure that they at least get an equal spot at the table of the rest of your your priorities. Let's say that. You can head over to thrivephysicians.ca to learn more and fill out an application. The application is no obligation. It just opens up an opportunity for you to have a conversation with me about your specific challenges and how I can help you how I can help you reach the goals that you've been thinking about for so long, how I can help you make the whole journey that you've been on with your eating and weight just feel so much better, so much lighter. So that's thrivephysicians.ca. All right, we'll talk to you later, guys. Have a fantastic day. Bye-bye.